And live from Otterbein University, just north of Columbus, Ohio, this is the CNN New York Times Democratic presidential debate. We want to welcome our viewers uh, in the United States and watching around the world, watching us on CNN, CNN International, CNN en Español, CNN.com, the New York Times.com, CNN's Facebook page, and listening on the Westwood One Radio Network, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, NPR, and the American Forces Network. I'm Anderson Cooper, moderating tonight's debate along with CNN's Aaron Burnett and New York Times national editor Mark Lacey. We are in Ohio tonight because it's one of the most critical battleground states. Ohio has backed all but two presidential winners in every election since 1896. The top 12 Democratic presidential candidates are at their positions behind the podiums. This is a record number of candidates for a presidential primary debate. So to accommodate the large group, there are no opening statements tonight. Before we begin, a reminder of the ground rules. You'll each receive 75 seconds to answer questions, 45 seconds for responses and rebuttals, and 15 seconds for clarifications. Please refrain from interrupting your fellow candidates as that will count against your time. And we remind our audience here in the Reich Center to Otterbein to be respectful so the candidates can hear the questions and each other. All right, let's begin. Since the last debate, House Democrats have officially launched an impeachment inquiry against President Trump, which all the candidates on this stage support. Senator Warren, I want to start with you. You have said that there's already enough evidence for President Trump to be impeached and removed from office. But the question is, with the election only one year away, why shouldn't it be the voters who determine the president's fate? Because sometimes there are issues that are bigger than politics, and I think that's the case with this impeachment inquiry. When I made the decision to run for president, I certainly didn't think it was going to be about impeachment. But when the Mueller report came out, I read it, all 442 pages. And when I got to the end, I realized that uh, Mueller had shown too a fairly well that this president had obstructed justice and done it repeatedly. And so at that moment, I called for opening an impeachment inquiry. Now, that didn't happen, and look what happened as a result. Donald Trump broke the law again in the summer, broke it again this fall. You know, we took a constitutional oath, and that is that no one is above the law, and that includes the President of the United States. Impeachment is the way that we establish that this man will not be permitted to break the law over and over without consequences. This is about Donald Trump, but understand, it's about the next president and the next president and the next president and the future of this country. The Senator, impeachment must go forward. Thank you, Senator Warren. You're all going to get in on this, by the way. Uh, Senator Sanders, do Democrats have any choice but to impeach President Trump? Please respond. No, they don't. Uh, in my judgment, Trump is the most corrupt president in the history of this country. Uh, it's not just that he obstructed justice with the Mueller report. Uh, I think that the House will find him uh, guilty of, worthy of impeachment because of the emoluments clause. This is a president who is enriching himself while using the Oval Office to do that, and that is outrageous. <clears throat> and I think in terms of the recent Ukrainian incident, the idea that we have a president of the United States who is prepared to hold back national security money to one of our allies in order to get dirt on a presidential candidate is beyond comprehension. So I look forward, by the way, not only to a speedy and expeditious 
impeachment process, but Mitch McConnell Thank has you. got to do the right thing and allow a free and fair trial in the Senate. Vice President Biden, during the Clinton impeachment proceedings, you said, and I quote, the American people don't think that they've made a mistake by electing Bill Clinton, and we in Congress had better be very careful before we upset their decision. With the country now split, have Democrats been careful enough in pursuing the impeachment of President Trump? Yes, they have. I said from the beginning that if, in fact, Trump continued to stonewall what the Congress is entitled to know about his background, what he did, all the accusations in the Mueller report, if they did that, they would have no choice, no choice but to begin an impeachment proceeding, which gives them more power to seek more information. This president, and I agree with Bernie, Senator Sanders, is the most corrupt president in modern history, and I think all of our history. And the fact is that this president of the United States has gone so far as to say, since this latest event, that in fact he will not cooperate in any way at all will not send any witnesses, will not provide any information, will not do anything to cooperate with the impeachment. They have no choice but to move. Senator Harris, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said that members of Congress have to be, in her words, fair to the president and give him a chance to exonerate himself. You've already said that, based on everything you've seen, you would vote to remove him from office. Is that being fair to the president? Well, it's just being observant, because he has committed crimes in plain sight. I mean, it's shocking, but he told us who he was. Maya Angelou told us years ago, listen to somebody when they tell you who they are the first time. During that election, Donald Trump told us he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. And he has consistently, since he won, been selling out the American people. He's been selling out working people. He's been selling out our values. He's been selling out national security. And on this issue with Ukraine, he has been selling out our democracy. Our framers imagined this moment, a moment where we would have a corrupt president. And our framers then rightly designed our system of democracy to say there will be checks and balances. This is one of those moments. And so Congress must ask. Act. But the reality of it is that I don't really think this impeachment process is going to take very long, because as a former prosecutor, I know a confession when I see it. And, and he did it in plain sight. He has given us the evidence, and he tried to cover it up, putting it in that special server. And there's been a clear consciousness of guilt. This will not take very long. Donald Trump needs to be held accountable. He is indeed the most corrupt and unpatriotic president we have ever had. Senator Booker, uh, you have said that President Trump's, quote, moral vandalism disqualifies him from being president. Can you be fair in an impeachment trial? Please respond. So, first of all, we must be fair. We, we are talking about ongoing proceedings to remove a sitting president for office. This has got to be about patriotism, and not partisanship. Look, I share the same sense of urgency of everybody on this stage. I understand the outrage that we all feel, but we have to conduct this process in a way that is honorable, that brings our country together, doesn't rip us apart. Anybody who has criticisms about a process that is making all the facts bare before the American public, that works to build consensus. That's what this nation needs in what is a moral moment and not a political one. So I swore an oath to do my job as a senator, to do my duty. This president has violated his. I will do mine. Thank you, Senator Booker. Uh, Senator Klobuchar, you have, uh, what, what do you say to those who fear that impeachment is a distraction from issues that impact people's day-to-day -day lives, health care, the economy, and could backfire on Democrats? 
We can do two things at once. That's our job. We have a constitutional duty to pursue this impeachment. But we also can stand up for America because this president has not been putting America in front of his own personal interests. Uh, he has not been standing up for the workers of Ohio. He's not been standing up for the farmers in Iowa. And I take this even a step further. You know, when he made that call uh, to the head of Ukraine, he's digging up dirt on an opponent. That's illegal conduct. That's what he was doing. He didn't talk to him about the Russian invasion. He talked to him about that. So I'm still waiting to find out from him how making that call to the head of Ukraine and trying to get him involved in interfering in our election makes America great again. I'd like to hear from him about how leaving the Kurds for slaughter, our allies for slaughter, where Russia then steps in to protect them, how that makes America great again. And I would like to hear from him about how coddling up to Vladimir Putin makes America great again. It doesn't make America great again. It makes Russia great again. And that is what this president has done. So whether it is workers' issues, whether it is farmers' issue, he has put his own private interests, and I will not do that. Thank you. Secretary Castro, is impeachment a distraction? Not at all. Uh, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. And all of us uh, are out there every single day uh, talking about what we're going to do to make sure that more people cross the graduation stage, that more families have great health care, that more folks are put to work in places like Ohio, where Donald Trump has broken his promises because Ohio, Michigan, and Pennsylvania actually, in the latest jobs data, have lost jobs, not gained them. Not only that, uh, what we have to recognize is that not only did the Mueller report point out 10 different instances where the president obstructed justice or tried to, um, and he made that call to uh, President Zelensky of the Ukraine, but he is ongoingly, in an ongoing way, violating his oath of office and abusing his power. We have to impeach this president, and the majority of Americans not only support impeachment, they support removal. He should be removed. Uh, Mayor Buttigieg, you have said that impeachment should be bipartisan. There's been obviously very little Republican support to date, yet Democrats are proceeding. Is that a mistake? Well, it's a mistake on the part of Republicans who enable a president whose actions are as offensive to their own supposed values as they are to the values that we all share. Look, the president has left the Congress with no choice. And this is not just about holding the president accountable for not just the things emerging in these investigations, but actions that he has confessed to on television. It's also about the presidency itself, because a president 10 years or 100 years from now will look back at this moment and draw the conclusion either that no one is above the law or that a president can get away with anything. But everyone on this stage, by definition, is competing to be a president for after the Trump presidency. Remember, one way or the other, this presidency is going to come to an end. I want you to picture what it's going to be like, what it's actually going to feel like in this country the first day the sun comes up after Donald Trump has been president. It starts out feeling like a happy thought. This particular brand of chaos and corruption will be over. But really think about where we'll be. Vulnerable, even more torn apart by politics than we are right now. And these big issues, from the economy to climate change, have not taken a vacation during the impeachment process. I'm running to be the president who can turn the page and unify a dangerously polarized country while tackling those issues Thank that you. are going to be just as urgent then as they are now. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Congresswoman Gabbard, you're the only sitting House member on this stage. How do you respond? Uh, 
If impeachment is driven by these hyper-partisan interests, it will only further divide an already terribly divided country. Unfortunately, this is what we've already seen uh, play out as calls for impeachment really began shortly after Trump won his election. And, and as unhappy as that may make us as Democrats, he won that election in 2016. The serious issues that have been raised around this uh, phone call that he had with the president of Ukraine and many other things that transpired around that are what caused me to support the inquiry uh, in the House. And I think that it should continue to play its course out, to gather all the information, provide that to the American people, uh, recognizing that that is the only way forward. If the House votes to impeach, the Senate uh, does not vote to remove Donald Trump. He walks out and he feels exonerated, further deepening the divides in this country that we cannot afford. Thank you, Congresswoman. Mr. Sauer, you've been calling for impeachment for two years. Does there need to be bipartisan support? Well, Anderson, this is my first time on this stage, so I just want to start by reminding everybody that every candidate here is more decent, more coherent, and more patriotic than the criminal in the White House. But I also want to point out that Anderson's right. Two years ago, I started the Need to Impeach movement because I knew there was something desperately wrong at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, that we did have the most corrupt president in the country, and that only the voice and the will of the American people would drag Washington to see it as a matter of right and wrong, not of political expediency. So in fact, impeaching and removing this president is something that the American people are demanding. They're the voice that counts, and that's who I went to, the American people. Mr. Yang, do you think there's already enough evidence out there to impeach the president? Please respond. I support impeachment, but we shouldn't have any illusions that impeaching Donald Trump will, one, be successful, or two, erase the problems that got him elected in 2016. We're standing in the great state of Ohio, the ultimate purple state, the ultimate bellwether state. Why did Donald Trump win your state by eight points? Because we got rid of 300,000 manufacturing jobs in your towns, and we're not stopping there. How many of you have noticed stores closing where you work and live here in Ohio? Raise your hands. It's not just you. Amazon alone is closing 30% of America's stores and malls, soaking up $20 billion in business while paying zero in taxes. These are the problems that got Donald Trump elected, the fourth industrial revolution. And that is going to accelerate and grow more serious regardless of who is in the Oval Office. The fact is, Donald Trump, when we're talking about him, we are losing. We need to present a new vision, and that even includes talking about impeaching Donald Trump. Mr. Uh, Congressman O'Rourke, on impeachment, please yeah. respond. You know, I think about everyone who's ever served this country in uniform. We have two examples here on this stage tonight, Mayor Buttigieg and Congresswoman Gabbard. Those who have willingly sacrificed their lives to defend this country and our Constitution. We are the inheritors of their service and their sacrifice. And we have a responsibility to be fearless in the face of this president's criminality and his lawlessness. The fact that as a candidate, for the highest office in the land, he invited the participation, the invasion of a foreign power in our democracy. As president, he lied to investigators, obstructed justice, fired James Comey, head of the FBI, tried to fire Mueller, head of the investigation, then invited President Zelensky to involve himself in our 
politics as well as China in exchange for favorable trade terms in an upcoming trade deal. Thank you, if we do not hold them to account, if there is not justice, not only have we failed this moment, our Constitution and our country, but we have failed everyone who has sacrificed and laid their lives down on the line. And Thank we cannot do that. Thank you, Congressman. The impeachment inquiry is centered on President Trump's attempts to get political dirt from Ukraine on Vice President Biden and his son Hunter. Mr. Vice President, President Trump has falsely accused your son of doing something wrong while serving on a company board in Ukraine. I want to point out there's no evidence of wrongdoing by either one of you. Having said that, on Sunday, you announced that if you're president, no one in your family or associated with you will be involved in any foreign businesses. My question is, if it's not okay for a president's family to be involved in foreign businesses, why was it okay for your son when you were vice president? Vice President Biden? Look, uh, my son did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. I carried out the policy of the United States government in rooting out corruption in, in Ukraine. And that's what we should be focusing on. And what I wanted to make a point about, and my, my son's statement speaks for itself. He spoke about it today. My son's statement speaks for itself. What I think is important is we focus on why it's so important to remove this man from office. On the 17th, look, the fact that George Washington worried on the first time he spoke after being elected president, that what we had to worry about is foreign interference in our elections. It was the greatest threat to America. This president on three occasions, three occasions, has invited foreign governments and heads of government to get engaged in trying to alter our elections. The fact is that it is outrageous. Rudy Giuliani, the president, and his thugs have already proven that they, in fact, are flat lying. What we have to do now is focus on Donald Trump. He doesn't want me to be the candidate. He's going after me because he knows if I get, if I get the nomination, I will beat him like a drum. Mr. Hold on, hold on, sorry, I just follow up. Mr. Vice President, as you said, your son Hunter today gave an interview, admitted that he made a mistake and showed poor judgment by serving on the, the, that board in Ukraine. Did you make a mistake by letting him? You were the point person Anderson. on Ukraine at, at the time. If you, you can answer. Look, my son's statement speaks for itself. I did my job. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate. Even when my son was the attorney general of the state of Delaware, we never discussed anything. So there'd be no potential conflict. My son made a judgment. I'm proud of the judgment he made. I'm proud of what he had to say. And let's focus on this. The fact of the matter is that this is about Trump's corruption. That's what we should be focusing on. Senator Sanders, your response. Let me make a point. I think that it is absolutely imperative to go forward with impeachment. I hope that he is impeached. But I think what would be a disaster if the American people believe that all we were doing is taking on Trump and we're forgetting that 87 million Americans are uninsured or underinsured. We're forgetting about the existential threat of climate change. We are forgetting about the fact that half of our people are living paycheck to paycheck. So what we have got to do is end this corruption, set a precedent for future history that says presidents like this cannot behave this way. But we cannot and must not turn our backs 
on the pain of the working class of this country. Sanders, thank you. Uh, Mark? We want to move now to the economy. I, Senator I, I, Warren, please. you've proposed some sweeping plans, free public college. Thank, thank you. We're going to keep... Senator Warren... It is wrong to move on. Senator Warren, you've proposed some sweeping plans, free public college, free universal child care, eliminating most Americans' college debt, and you've said how you're going to pay for those plans, but you have not specified how you're going to pay for the most expensive plan, Medicare for all. Will you raise taxes on the middle class for pay, to pay for it, yes or no? So I have made clear what my principles are here, and that is costs will go up for the wealthy and for big corporations and for hardworking middle-class families, costs will go down. Uh, you know, the way I see this is I have been out all around this country. I've done 140 town halls now, been to 27 states in Puerto Rico. Should have done 70,000 selfies, which must be the new measure of democracy. And this gives people a chance to come up and talk to me directly. So I've talked with the family, the mom and dad whose daughter's been diagnosed with cancer. I have talked to the young woman whose mother has just been diagnosed with diabetes. I've talked to the young man who has MS. And here's the thing about all of them, they all had great health insurance right at the beginning. But then they found out when they really needed it, when the costs went up, that the insurance company pulled the rug out from underneath them and they were left with nothing. Look, the way I see this, it is hard enough to get a diagnosis that your child has cancer, to think about the changes in your family if your mom's got diabetes, or what it means for your life going forward if you've been diagnosed with MS. But what you shouldn't have to worry about is how you're going to pay for your health care after that. Senator Warren, to be clear, Senator Sanders acknowledges he's going to raise taxes on on the middle class to pay for Medicare for all. You've endorsed his plan. Should you acknowledge it too? So the way I see this, it is about what kinds of costs middle class families are going to face. So let me be clear on this. Costs will go up for the wealthy. They will go up for big corporations. And for middle class families, they will go down. I will not sign a bill into law that does not lower costs for middle class families. Mayor Buttigieg, you say Senator Warren has been, quote, evasive about how she's going to pay for Medicare for all. What's your response? Well, we heard it tonight, a yes or no question that didn't get a yes or no answer. Look, this is why people here in the Midwest are so frustrated with Washington in general and Capitol Hill in particular. Your signature, Senator, is to have a plan for everything except this. No plan has been laid out to explain how a multi-trillion dollar hole in this Medicare for All plan that Senator Warren is putting forward is supposed to get filled in. And the thing is, we really can deliver health care for every American and move forward with the boldest, biggest transformation since the inception of Medicare itself. But the way to do it without a giant multi-trillion dollar hole and without uh, having to avoid a yes or no question is Medicare for all who want it. We take a version of Medicare, we let you access it if you want to, and if you prefer to stay on your private plan, you can do that too. That is what most Americans want. Medicare for all who want it, trusting you to make the right decision for your health care and for your family, and it can be delivered Thank you, Mayor. without an increase Senator, on Senator, your response. Taxes. So let's be clear, whenever someone hears the term Medicare for all who want it, understand what that really means. It's Medicare for all who can afford it. And that's the problem we've got. 
Medicare for all is the gold standard. It is the way we get health care coverage for every single American, including the family whose child's been diagnosed with cancer, including the person who's just gotten an MS diagnosis. That's how we make sure that everyone gets health care. We can pay for this. I've laid out the basic principles. Costs are going to go up for the wealthy. They're going to go up for big corporations. They will not go up for middle-class families, and I will not sign a bill into law yes. that raises their costs, because costs are what people care about. I've been studying this, you know, for the biggest thank, part of thank my you, life. Thank you, Senator. Why can the, people go can the mayor, mayor respond? Sure. I don't think the American people are wrong when they say that what they want is a choice. And the choice of Medicare for all who want it, which is affordable for everyone because we make sure that the subsidies are in place, allows you to get that health care. It's just better than Medicare for all whether you want it or not. And I don't understand why you believe the only way to deliver affordable coverage to everybody is to obliterate private plans, kicking 150 million Americans off of their insurance in four short years when we could achieve that same big, bold goal. And once again, we got to be president we're competing to be president for the day after Trump. Our country will be horrifyingly polarized, even more than now. After everything we've been through, after everything we are about to go through, this country will be even more divided. Why unnecessarily divide this country over health care when there's a better thank, way to deliver you, coverage Mayor. for all? Senator Sanders. Like well, as somebody who wrote the damn okay, bill, okay. as I said, <laughs> let's be clear. Under the Medicare for all bill that I wrote, premiums are gone. Co-payments are gone. Deductibles are gone. All out-of-pocket expenses are gone. We're going to do better than the Canadians do, and that is what they have managed to do. At the end of the day, the overwhelming majority of people will save money on their health care bills. But I do think it is appropriate to acknowledge that taxes will go up. They're going to go up significantly for the wealthy and for virtually everybody the tax increase they pay will be substantially less, substantially less than what they were paying for premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. Well, Senator, Senator answer, Warren, would, will way. you um, acknowledge what the senator just said about taxes going up? So my view on this and what I have committed to is costs will go down for hardworking middle-class families. I will not embrace a plan like Medicare for all who can afford it that will leave behind millions of people who cannot. And I will not embrace a plan that says people have great insurance right up until you get the diagnosis and the insurance company says, sorry, we're not covering your expensive cancer treatments. We're not covering your expensive treatments you, for Senator. MS. Thank you, Senator. We're not Klobuchar. covering what you need. At least Bernie's being honest here and saying how he's going to pay for this and that taxes are going to go up. And I'm sorry, Elizabeth, but you have not said that. And I think we owe it to the American people to tell them where we're going to send the invoice. I believe the best and boldest idea here is to not trash Obamacare, but to do exactly what Barack Obama wanted to do from the beginning, and that's have a public option that would bring down the cost of the premium and expand the number of people covered and take on the pharmaceutical companies. That is what we should be doing uh, instead of kicking 149 million people off their insurance in four years. And I'm tired of hearing, whenever I say these things, oh, it's Republican talking points. You are making Republican talking points right now in this 
this room by coming out for a plan that's going to do that. I think there is a better way that is bold that will cover more people, and it's the one we should get behind. Senator Warren. I didn't spend most of my time in Washington. I spent most of my time studying one basic question, and that is why hardworking people go broke. And one of the principal reasons for that is the cost of health care. And back when I was studying it, two out of every three families that ended up <clears throat> in bankruptcy after a serious medical problem had health insurance. The problem we've got right now is the overall cost of health care. And look, you can try to spend this any way you want. I've spent my entire life on, on working on how America's middle class has been hollowed out and how we fight back. I've put out nearly 50 plans on how we can fight back and how we can rebuild an America that works. And a part of that is we Thank have you, got Senator. to stop Sen Americans from going bankrupt over health care. Senator costs. Klobuchar, do you want to respond? Uh, yes, I do. And I appreciate Elizabeth's work, but again, um, the difference between a plan and a pipe dream is something that you can actually get done. And we can get this public option done, and we can take on the pharmaceutical companies and bring down the prices. But what really bothers me about this discussion, which we've had so many times, is that we don't talk about the things that I'm hearing about from regular Americans. That is long-term care. We are seeing, I once called it a silver tsunami, the aging, and then someone told me that was too negative, so I call it the silver surge, the aging of the population. We need to make it easier to get long-term care insurance and strengthen Medicaid. In this state, the state of Ohio, that has been hit by the opioid epidemic, we need to take on those pharma companies and make them pay for the addictions that they have caused and the people that they have thank, killed. Thank you, those Senator. Those are the issues thank that you, I Senator. hear about when I'm in Toledo. Let me, let me bring you in this here, Vice the, President, uh, for your response. Are Senators Warren and Sanders being realistic about the difficulty of enacting their plans? Well, first of all, uh, the plan we're hearing discussed is the Biden plan, the one I put forward. Build on Obamacare, add a public option. We can go into that. I can talk about that if you like. But here's the deal. On the single most important thing facing the American public, I think it's awfully important to be straightforward with them. The plan is going to cost at least $30 trillion over 10 years. That is more on a yearly basis than the entire federal budget. And we talk about how we're going to pay for it. The study recently came out showing that, in fact, it will reduce cost. But for people making between fifty dollars and $75,000 a year, their taxes are going to go up about $5,000. Because the fact is, they'll pay more in new taxes, 7.4 percent plus or 5 percent plus a 4 percent income tax. If you're making, if a fireman and a school teacher are making 100,000 bucks a year, their taxes are going to go up about 10 grand. That is more than we will possibly save on this health care plan. We have a plan put we're forward that will work. Senator uh, Sanders, do you want okay, to respond? You know, I and get then we're a little bit tired, I must say, of people defending a system which is dysfunctional, which is cruel. 87 million uninsured, 30,000 people dying every single year, 500,000 people going bankrupt. For what reason? They came down with cancer. I will tell you what the issue is here. The issue is whether the Democratic Party has the guts to stand up to the healthcare industry, which made $100 billion in profit, whether we have the guts to stand up to the corrupt, price-fixing, 
pharmaceutical industry, which is charging us the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. And if we don't have the guts to do that, if all we can do is take their money, we should be ashamed about that. Thank you, Senator, Stand up Senator to Harris, your response. This is the sixth debate we have had in this presidential cycle, and not nearly one word with all of these discussions about health care on women's access to reproductive health care, which is under full-on attack in America today. And it's outrageous. There are states that have passed laws that will virtually prevent women from having access to reproductive health care. And it is not an exaggeration to say women will die Poor women, women of color will die because these Republican legislatures in these various states who are out of touch with America are telling women what to do with our bodies. Women are the majority of the population in this country. People need to keep their hands off of women's bodies and let women make the decisions about their own lives. Thank you, Senator. And let's talk you, about Senator. that. That is a significant health care issue in America today. I want Thank to turn you, now to jobs. According to a recent study, about a quarter of American jobs could be lost to automation in just the next 10 years. Ohio is one of the states likely to be hardest hit. Senator Sanders, you say your federal jobs guarantee is part of the answer to the threat from automation. But tens of millions of Americans could end up losing their jobs. Are you promising that you will have a job for every single one of those Americans? Damn right we will. And I'll tell you why. If you look at what goes on in America today, we have an infrastructure which is collapsing. We could put 15 million people to work rebuilding our roads, our bridges, our water systems, our wastewater plants, airports, etc. Furthermore, and I hope we will discuss it at length tonight, this planet faces the greatest threat in its history from climate change. And the Green New Deal that I have advocated will create up to 20 million jobs as we move away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. We need workers to do childcare. We need workers, great teachers, to come in to school systems which don't have the teachers that we need right now. We need more doctors. We need more dentists. We need more carpenters. We need more sheet metal workers. And when we talk about making public colleges and universities tuition free and canceling student debt, we're going to give those people the opportunity to get those good jobs. Senator Sanders, thank you. Mr. Yang, your main solution to job loss from automation is a universal basic income. Why is giving people $1,000 a month better than Sanders' plan to get guaranteeing them a job? I am for the spirit of a federal jobs guarantee, but you have to look at how it would actually materialize in practice. What are the jobs? Who manages you? What if you don't like your job? What if you're not good at your job? The fact is, most Americans do not want to work for the federal government. And saying that that is the vision of the economy of the 21st century, to me, is not a vision that most Americans would embrace. Also, Senator Sanders' description of a federal jobs guarantee does not take into account the work of people like my wife, who's at home with our two boys, one of whom is autistic. We have a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month. It actually recognizes the work that is happening in our families and our communities. It helps all Americans transition. Because the fact is, and you know this in Ohio, if you rely upon the federal government to target its resources, you wind up with failed retraining programs and jobs that no one wants. When we put the money into our hands, we can build a trickle-up economy. 
from our people, our families, and our communities up. It will enable us to do the kind of work that we want to do. This is the sort of positive vision in response to the fourth industrial revolution that we have to embrace as a party. Senator, Book, uh, Senator Booker, a federal jobs guarantee or $1,000 a month. Are those the best solutions there? Please respond. Well, first of all, I'm happy to get in finally. And I just want to say, as a great, as a great New Jersey Yogi Berra said, I am having deja vu all over again. I'm having deja vu all over again, first of all, because I saw this play in 2016's election. We are literally using Donald Trump's lies. And the second issue we cover on this stage is elevating a lie and attacking a statesman. That was so offensive. He should not have to defend ourselves. And the only person sitting at home that was enjoying that was Donald Trump seeing that we're distracting from his malfeasance and selling out of his office. And I'm having deja vu all over again. And I'm having deja vu all over again because we have another healthcare debate. And we're not talking about the clear and existential threat in America that we're in a state that has had two Planned Parenthoods close. We are seeing all over this country women's reproductive rights under attack. And God bless Kamala. But you know what? Women should not be the only ones taking up this cause and this fight. And then Thank it you. is not just because women are Senator. our daughters and our friends and our wives. It's because women Senator. are people, and people deserve to control their own body. Senator, thank you. We are going to get to that issue later on tonight. Senator Warren, you wrote that blaming job loss on automation is, quote, a good story, except it's not really true. So should workers here in Ohio not be worried about losing their jobs to automation? So uh, the data show that uh, we've had a lot of problems with losing jobs, but the principal reason has been bad trade policy. The principal reason has been a bunch of corporations, giant multinational corporations, who've been calling the shots on trade, giant multinational corporations that have no loyalty to America. They have no loyalty to American workers. They have no loyalty to American consumers. They have no loyalty to American communities. They are loyal only to their own bottom line. I have a plan to fix that. And it's accountable capitalism. It says you want to have one of the giant corporations in America, then by golly, 40% of your board of directors should be elected by your employees. That'll make a difference when a corporation decides, gee, we could save a nickel by moving a job to Mexico, when there are people on the board in the boardroom saying, no, do you know what that does to our company? Do you know what that does to our community, to what it does to our workers? We also need to make it easier to join a union and give unions more power when they negotiate. We need to restructure strength in this economy, and that's where it starts. Thank you, Senator. Secretary Castro, what's your response to Senator Warren's claim that automation is a good story, except it's not really true? Well, I think, I think what folks have said is that that is only part of the issue, right? Um, you know, I believe that we need to address uh, communities that are being impacted by automation. I'm even willing to pilot something like UBI and to see how that would work. But I think we need to focus on making sure that we spark job opportunity for people across this country. As I mentioned earlier, here in Ohio, in the latest job data, Ohio is losing jobs under Donald Trump. He has broken his promises to Ohio and the industrial Midwest. I would invest in infrastructure to put people back to work. I would invest in a Green New Deal to unleash millions of new jobs in a clean energy economy. I was in Newton, Iowa a few weeks ago, and I visited a place called TPI. Newton, Iowa had a Maytag washing machine manufacturing facility, and then it closed down. 
TPI manufactures wind turbines. They're putting hundreds of people to work at decent paying jobs and creating a better future for those families. On top of that, let me just say this, we need to support working families. We need to invest in things like Thank universal you, child Secretary. care so that people can afford Senator child Warren, care instead of having to pay 20% of their income this. for it. Senator Warren, I've been Go talking ahead, to Young. Americans around the country about automation, and they're smart. They see what's happening around them. Their Main Street stores are closing. They see a self-serve kiosk in every McDonald's, every grocery store, every CVS. Driving a truck is the most common job in 29 states, including this one. Three and a half million truck drivers in this country, and my friends in California are piloting self-driving trucks. What is that going to mean for the three and a half million truckers or the seven million Americans who work in truck stops, motels, and diners that rely upon the truckers getting out and having a meal? Saying this is a rules problem is ignoring the reality that Americans see around us every single day. Senator Warren, respond, exactly please. So, I understand that what we're all looking for is how we strengthen America's middle class. And actually, I think the thing closest to the universal basic income is Social Security. It's one of the reasons that I put forward a plan to extend the solvency of Social Security by decades and to add $200 to the payment of every person who receives Social Security right now and every person who receives disability insurance right now. That $200 a month will lift nearly 5 million families out of poverty, and it will sure loosen up the budget for a whole lot more. It also has a provision for your wife. For those who stay home to do caregiving for children or for seniors and creates an opportunity for them to get credit on their Social Security. Thank so after a lifetime of hard work, people are entitled to retire with dignity. Thank you, Senator I Warren. I see this as an important question about just, I want to understand the data on this. Senator, and thank I you very sure much. we're responding to make this work. Uh, Your time I, is I up. I want, to give, I want to give Congresswoman Gabbard a chance to respond. Thank you. You know, really what this is uh, about is getting to the heart of the fear that is well-founded. As people look to this automation revolution, they look to uncertainty. They don't know how this is going to affect their jobs and their everyday lives. And I, I agree with my friend Andrew Yang. I think universal basic income is a good idea to help provide that security so that people can have the freedom to make the kinds of choices that they want to see. This has to do with uh, a bad trade deals that we've seen in the past that have al also driven fear towards people losing the way that they provide for their families. Really what we need to do is look at how we can best serve the interests of the American people. I do not believe a federal jobs guarantee is the way to do that. The value that someone feels in themselves and their own lives is not defined by the job that they have, but is intrinsic to who we all are as Americans whatever we choose to do with our lives, and we can't forget that. Thank you very much.